This morning we're kicking off a new three-week series, and before we dive into that, I just need to say thank you to Pastor Mark Bernard um, and Scott Brasdale, our worship leader, and Richard King, who've been filling in these past three weeks. I am, can, we, can, I, can we thank them together? Um, there's a lot that's going on in, in the life of my family uh, right now, and we'll talk about that in, in a bit intentionally. Um, but you might be finding yourself in one of those tough spaces, and it's always good to have people that you know you can lean on. And these past three, four weeks especially, um, God has just opened my eyes that there are so many people in my life uh, who not only I can lean on, I can just step back and just watch the church that God is building continue to happen. Um, so that's been exciting. Um, so I need to thank those guys um, we're diving into a new series this morning called Romans 12, and I'm excited about it. Uh, I know um, Crystal, our, our children's coordinator, we've been talking, we are sermon planned out now through October, and some of the things that we're getting ready to do here um, through God and His provision, I, I can't wait because I know what's coming a little bit, and so if I start getting a little excited, that's why. Um, so just know that that's coming. But today, what zip code do we live in? Three, two, one. So here's the deal. Three-week series right now, all right? Area code. Sorry, y'all got it. You, you know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm asking all the wrong questions today. I'm just I'm making sure you're on your toes. That's all. So zip, area code. Three, two, one. Okay, area code. You know, just pay attention. You want to preach, and I'll sit out there. That's, I'll have all y'all come up here. So, three, two, one. Three-week series, Romans 12. Each one of those is broken down to what you see on the screen. Joyful and hope. Be patient in affliction. And this last one, be faithful in prayer. So there's these two words in each part of this verse. We're going to be breaking down what those mean and why Paul wrote those to even go together. Because most of them don't even make sense. So that's the three-week series, the two words, and in each message, I hope that there's one giant, mind-blowing takeaway that you can take home with you. It's not new stuff. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. Eh, it's just a revolving, revolving circle here. But I do know that as we spend more time with God, He reveals more and more and more to us. So I'm excited to share some of those things with you guys. So, three, two, one. Here we go. Romans chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, please turn along uh, with me. I'm going to... forgot mine, so I'm going to be using your... If you need to turn yours on this morning, follow along. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. And if you need this, this is also going to be on screen. Romans chapter 12, 9 through 21. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving in the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Here's this verse. Be patient in affliction. Be faithful in in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need. 
practice hospitality. And we're going to keep going because I want you to get this whole passage this morning. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Your enemy now. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. So do not be overcome by evil. But finally, if you're following along, overcome evil with good. So that's the whole passage we're going to cover um, and really focus in these next couple weeks just on this Romans 12. You can hashtag it. It's kind of cool. Hashtag Romans 12. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be faithful in prayer. So today for the first Sunday, we're talking about joy. What does it mean to be joyful? I want to share a little bit of joy with you this morning as I grab my real Bible. This phone thing is just throwing me off. So I'm going to continue to talk. That's cool. My bag's back here. So there's an, uh, this atheist who's walking through the woods, all right? And he's walking through the woods, and he's looking for something. Maybe it's his Bible. I'm just kidding. So this atheist is walking through the woods, and he's marveling at how awesome creation is, but not the creator of it. And he's saying, how cool are these trees? How powerful is the river? How, how awesome is this field? And he notices that right behind him, bursting out of these bushes, is a five foot six grizzly bear chasing after him. And he starts running, and the grizzly bear is gaining. And he's running, and the grizzly bear is gaining. Finally, he trips, and the grizzly bear is right on top of him. And he cries out to God, Phew, time freezes. And he hears this voice, and he sees this light. This voice says, yes. I know I've never really paid attention to you. I know I've kind of, you know, preached my life that you, you don't exist. But I'm kind of in a tough spot here. Could you help me out? And this voice says, well, you've lived your entire life denying who I am. Are you saying right now that in this moment you're going to call yourself a Christian? The atheist replies to the voice, no, I can't, I can't do that. I'd, I'd be laughed at. I would like you, though, to make the bear a Christian. Like, make the bear a Christian, and, and, and it'll be okay. And the voice says, okay. Boom! Time unfreezes. He's, you know, the bushes are back, and the, the powerful river's there, and he's still underneath the grizzly bear, but the grizzly bear takes his paw back. And he puts them together. And he says, dear Lord, thank you for this bountiful meal I'm about to receive. <laughs> I want to share a little bit of joy with you this morning. We're joyful and hope. We want to be joyful and hope. So right off the bat this morning, we're going to dive right into what I hope is this big ta-da moment. It was a nugget for me when I, actually I've been thinking about this for a long time, maybe a, a year or so, especially this last year. And if you've been part of our journey, you understand why does this make sense right now, but it does. Here's the concept. Joy is not equal 
to happiness. Joy is not equal to happiness. You see, happiness comes from external things. Things that affect us, things that happen to us, things in our circumstances, things in our life. Those things make us happy. You might be looking for that new 4K, 1080p, whatever, ultra HD, curved, flat, whatever, TV, the, like you want to be in the movies. That thing does not give you joy. That thing makes you happy. When it's your birthday, and maybe you're 29 for the 29th time again, and it just rolls around, we say what? Not joyful birthday. Happy birthday. It's something that's happening to you. You are aging. You are getting older. When you get that new job or that promotion that you've been looking for or that A on your test that you've studied for, that's something that has happened to you. But joy does not equal happiness because of this. Happiness is external. Joy comes from within. Joy comes from the heart. It overflows from the inside. And I'm wondering, as I was writing this this past week, how many of us, not just within this room, but in our community, in our schools, in our nation, how many of us who, who profess to know Jesus Christ aren't joyful people? We want to be happy people. And that's the wrong objective. That's pursuing worldly desires. That's pursuing things that I hope I get this promotion. God says, you don't need that promotion. You have me. I hope I get an A on this test. God says, if you get a B on this test, you'll remember that a lot longer. And that's going to be a learning lesson for you. Say, I need this new TV. That's going to make me happy. God says, 2,000 years ago when I was born, we didn't have no cable. When I sent my son Jesus Christ to die for you, cable wasn't necessary. New 4K TVs weren't necessary. We're living a life today that is in such a pivotal moment in our culture. And if we're going to step forward and, and live a life that God has called us to live, we can't have this concept out of balance in our life. We need to understand what happiness is and also where joy comes from. Remember, happiness is external things. Joy comes from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. True joy comes from the Lord. I think we maybe have, have forgotten that little Sunday school song maybe a lot of us learned. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my, down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my, down in my heart to stay. Right. It comes from the heart. Not, I've got the joy, 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 joy out in my life. Doesn't work that way. Joy overflows from the Holy Spirit into our lives. So I want you to think about that as we keep walking our way through the rest of this message and this week even, as we start this Romans 12 series. Are you a joyful person? I didn't ask, are you a happy person? I've been asking the wrong questions all morning already. This one's the right one. Are you a joyful person? Say, 
Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can, and if you let him, he will try to steal or kill or destroy your joy. Not your happiness. Not your circumstances. Not your worldly things or your TVs. He's going to try to destroy, steal, or kill your joy. Why? Because that comes from the Lord. He's going to try to turn your joy into jealousy. And that's why we watched that Facebook video before we started, because this, this woman is solely focused on what she thinks is happening in other people's lives. She's missing her own joy in her life. She's missing it. She's so focused on copying, imitating, or trying to display some false sense of who she is to the world, she's missed her identity in Christ. Missed it. Satan's going to try to steal your joy. Make it into jealousy. Make you want things that other people have, like that 4K TV and it looks so sweet and you're walking by. God says, be a good steward. Satan's going to try to turn you away from Christ. He's going to try to crush you with life events to take away your God-given joy. And if you know God, you know joy. You do. And it might be a while since you've remembered it. It might be a long time since you've thought about it. It might not be even evident in your life because you've forgotten it. But there's a joy that is found only in Christ. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5, 22, the fruits of the Spirit is love. What's the second one? Joy. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if you're not a joyful question now circling back and around, if you're not a joyful person, is the Holy Spirit in you? Are you living a life following Christ? Tough questions this morning. Satan's going to try to make you doubt that that joy is even there. He's going to throw circumstances your way that are going to make you question, does God even really love me? My neighbor down the street, they don't, they don't know Jesus Christ. And look at all the stuff they have, like that Facebook video. Look at, look at the life they're portraying to the world. They're, it looks like they're being blessed with all this stuff. What's going on? They don't know Jesus, and I do. Why am I being crushed? Because he was. Why am I being persecuted in my workplace? It's not cool to talk about Christianity any, anymore. Because he was. Where can I find the joy in these circumstances? Because he did. We'll be coming up to a verse in John that's going to remind us of that. The reason we get down and discouraged in our faith, in our lives, is because we have lost sight of the fact that Christ lives in us. And if Christ does live in us, why are we not a joyful people? Not a happy people. Remember, that's two different things. A joyful people. The people who you just bump into, like Scott said in his message a couple weeks ago, you ever just bump into some of those people that you're just like, hey, are you, are you a Christian? Like They just exude joy. And even to other Christians, sometimes it's like, I want, I want what they have. 
Well, don't you know Jesus? I know of Him. Turn with me to James chapter 1. Ah, paperback feels so good. Okay, James chapter 1. I'm just going to read verse 2 here, and it's also going to be on screen. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Not a usually fun verse to read about joy. You know, we like to read Psalms and some other happy things about joy. And some other passages we'll read in, in John later about joy. But then here we have here, James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Wait a second. Are you confused? Because when I have trials and I have tests, my joy leaves me. Are you confused? Because when I'm going through a hard time in my life, I find it very hard to be joyful about what's going on. But then he goes on, because you know, you should know, that the testing of your faith, the persecution, the life-shattering events, the testing of your faith develops perseverance. I think oftentimes we might not phrase it this way, but we almost think about Jesus as a get-out-of-jail-free card. We Accepted Christ one day many years ago. Congratulations. A little signature on the back. Put that in my wallet. Thanks. I got that if I need it. We were singing that song this morning, Just Give Me Jesus. And verse 1 is trucking along. Verse 2 is trucking along. And we get to that verse 3 and we're like, I don't know if I like sin. When I come to die. When I come to die. Why are we singing? That's the whole point. It makes us uncomfortable because we're like, oh, I've got to pull out get out of jail free card now. We're thinking about, ugh. One of the best quotes I, I know of is from the movie Forrest Gump. And when Sally Field's character, my name's Forrest. When Sally Field's character is, is dying, she says, Forrest, death is just a part of life. See, Jesus is not a get out of jail free card that we can pull out at the end. It should be an ongoing process because we're reminded here in this passage that our, our faith is going to be tested. Our life is going to be pushed to the limits. So we're going to think, I can't endure any more of this. There's also this quote which I actually can't stand. God, God won't give you more than you can handle. You guys heard that? I think that's a load of baloney. I think it's an absolute load of baloney. You're going to go through ups and downs in your life more than you and I can even know. But when it is feel like more than you can handle, every time you just turn to God. It's a constant reminder to say, hey, I'm here. I'm looking out for you. Don't lose your joy. Because if our joy is found in the Lord, does the Lord ever change? No. Is He the same in the beginning and the end? Yes. Does He hold time in His hands? Yes. Is he the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end? Yes. Is he good? Is he loving? Is he faithful? So then why do we lose our joy in that? When things upset our happiness. Remember, joy comes from the Lord. Bubbles up, overflows from our insides. 
Did you guys ever see the, the movie that just came out, Finding Dory? Anyone been to see that? Not yet? Uh, spoilers. Here we go. Just right here. So there's this blue fish. And that's it. We were, my wife and I, every, every year, you know, our anniversary is on June 21st, and it's almost like to the day, you know, that uh, every year a Pixar movie is released, and so we just kind of, whatever it is, we'll wander into the theater, Cars 2, ugh, you know, whatever it is, we'll, we'll go there and, and we'll see this Pixar movie, and, and I was, as we were sitting there watching it, and I thought about it for a couple of days, I'm like, that's kind of the way a lot of us are with the joy that we should have in the Lord, because it's about, I'm not giving any spoilers, it's about this little fish and she can't remember, she has short-term memory loss, and she wants to try to go home and find her family. And so she's constantly forgetting things. Like, Ellen, I can't pronounce her last name. And, yeah, that one. Um, you know, doing the voiceovers, must have had like the same things over, like, really? There's only 18 lines in this movie. Oh, you just say the same thing over and over again because she forgets it. Okay. So she's got that down, and so this fish tries to find her way home, and I'm sitting here thinking about this. I'm like, that's kind of the way we are with our joy that should be found in the Lord. Yes, yes, at church Sunday morning, great. Okay, I'm out in the world. Wait, what? Oh, I'm, oh, life-crushing events. Ah, 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 okay, Sunday morning. Okay, here we are, I'm back at church. Okay, found my faith again. Ah, whoops, oh, hey, hi, how are you? Uh, what's going on? And it's like this back and forth thing in the movie, like what? What is going on with us, not just us in, again in here, but in the world today what was with Christians about, hey, why are we so wrapped up in politics? Why are we so wrapped up in and all these issues that have no place to do with our faith. Because we've lost sight of the, the fact that Christ lives in us. And if Christ lives in us, we should be a joyful people. Those annoyingly fun people that you just can't wait to get around again. That, the, the people in your workplace, you should be that person that just people gravitate to you because they're like, you're just fun to hang around with. you you got something going on, you're happy what they think is happy all the time, like, nope, that's joy, sorry, I got the joy, okay, just bust out in the song, and then they'll start leaving you, but yeah, you should be that person in your schoolrooms. be like, I just want to hang out with this kid, because he's not doing drugs, because she's not 14 and already taking medication that she shouldn't be at her age, I want to hang out with these people because they've got a joy that the world does not know. And the world does not know that joy because they don't know Christ. And it's our job, our responsibility, and our privilege to be that joy so that the world can see. When we have ups and downs, they're like, they're not changing. They just lost their brother. He just lost his job. She just lost her cat. Whatever is going on, doesn't matter, doesn't upset the joy that God has put in your heart. Turn with me to John chapter 15, John chapter 15, verses 9 through 11. And your Bible may have red words, that's really easy to find out that, okay, Jesus said this. So in your red words, it says this, John chapter 15, verses 9 through 11. As the Father has loved me, Jesus says, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Remember that first fruit of the Spirit? Love and joy, right? Love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. And just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. Here we go, verse 11. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. 
Jesus Christ in all of His glory, in all of His splendor, in all of His honor, in all of His worshipfulness, in all of His majesty, in all of His joyfulness can be in you. And that when that happens, that His joy is made complete. And so is ours. He wants us to be home with Him, to have that relationship, to know that we And we're not just talking about a joy that he has and you have and you have, but we're sharing in a corporate joy that nothing can shake or shatter. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that what? Your joy may be complete. There may be a lot of us or some of you in here this morning that maybe have that incomplete feeling of joy. You're like, maybe I'm 75% joyful. But then we confuse once again happiness and joy and something else happens to us or some other thing develops and we're like, oh, I'm down again. See, that joy comes from the Lord and it comes from within. So that's the joyful part. We're clear on the joy Yay! Should be the answer, right? I'm just kidding. (laughs) We clear on the joy. Joy comes from the Lord and it comes from within. So that's the joyful part. What does Paul mean when he says be joyful and hope? And I think he actually self-explains himself earlier. So if you're still in Romans, bounce back a couple pages to Romans chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. Romans chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. He says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Everyone, what does that mean? That means back when sin entered the world and Adam and Eve fell, the woman would have pain giving children. So since that moment, he said, we've been groaning in pain in sin ever since. Not only that, not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we've already talked about that from Galatians, you know what I'm talking about, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, which should be joy, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this, what? Hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. And these are bold words from a guy who never met Jesus face to face. That was one of the reasons why when he was carrying the gospel, the good news, this former persecutor of Christianity found it hard to be accepted by the people who actually walked with Jesus who should have been accepting, who should have been welcoming, who should have been hospitable, who should have been loving, who should have been filled with joy. And like, ah, we're kind of cool this club now. We know Jesus. We walked with him. You didn't. Plus, you tried to kill us. Um, we'll try to forget that happened. But this, these words from Paul are reminding us What hope is it to hope for what you already have? Joy comes from the hope 
the hope that Paul said here that is found in our salvation, in Christ Jesus, the hope that we find only in Him, in a relationship we share with Him, the hope that we find looking ahead to one day see Him face to face. Because like that song earlier, when I come to die, it's an awkward verse maybe to sing. That should be a joyful verse to sing, right? Now that we're thinking about it. When I come to die, just give me Jesus. That's no longer discouraging worldly verse. This is an uplifting, joyful verse. And that's what the world can't understand. Our joy comes from the hope that is found in Christ and His relationship. This is not a children's storybook tale. This is not a Finding Dory Pixar movie. This is real. This is a place that exists Books are written from people who have, quote-unquote, crossed onto the other side, and they come back and they read about, oh yeah, I saw this guy, and he's there, and he is real. There is a real place for us to go to after this. It's not make-believe. This is not Disney World. It's not the small world ride going around in circles. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, let's get off now. No, this is real life, and it really matters. This hope of a place... That Jesus said, I will go to prepare a place for you. He didn't say anything that is not fulfilled. There is a place prepared for you and for me who know him. The books that we write on after crossing back from the other side, you know, Heaven is for Real and all those, those other books, and there's a lot out there. I often wonder what God would write a book titled When We Get to Heaven, the other way around. And I think it may be called All the Places I Could Have Taken You. But often we, especially as Christians, we're in the habit of settling, of trading joy for happiness. The author C.S. Lewis put it this way, Indeed, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. But like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday by the sea, we are far too easily pleased. So it's not just a hope of where we're going, but it's also a hope of what God is doing. Joy comes from the hope of a future with God better than you can imagine. God is not through with you. Your journey didn't stop the moment you accepted Christ. It began. And so as we're on this journey, hoping for what we cannot yet see, if we were here a year ago, or meeting a year ago, you know where we would be? We'd be at Quest Elementary School right now. On a Sunday morning, we would have to start, we'd actually have to finish now so that we could tear up and put all of this stuff, some of it didn't exist, back on a trailer and haul that trailer away. But there was a hope, there was a dream of a place prepared for us here, or someplace we didn't know. But there was a hope of a place, ah, it's out there, you can see it. In, in here and in here. And that joy keeps telling you this is true. Push forward. What if we had given up? 
Not only would you not be being bored by my voice right now, we wouldn't have this wonderful place to honor and worship and glorify God where true life is being found. Where eight people have been baptized in this last year. Eight people who did not know and who would may have never found a place to come to know the Jesus Christ that I know and love and that many of you know and love that gives you that joy that isn't shaken or shattered by your circumstances. Your journey didn't stop the day you accepted Christ. It began. And so if we're going to be on this journey pushing forward in hope, we have to remind ourselves that that hope comes from seeing also His plan come true in your life. And we learn to trust Him a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Because he has a plan for your life and for mine and for this church and for for Bard County and for the state of Florida and for the United States. We know he needs, we need his help right now. But oftentimes I think we get that verse confused, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for a what? A hope. Plans for a hope and a future. And we say, God, you know, I really don't like... Can we rephrase this, twist this around? Um, I know the plans you have for me, declares the me. Plans for my hope and my future. And we twist that around. God says, no, 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 you get it all wrong. I know the plans. You don't know the plans. I know the plans. Plans for that hope. Plans for that future that is better than you can imagine. And if I wrote that book when we get up there, all the places I could have taken you, What could the infinite possibilities of following God's will in our lives have looked like? Where could He have taken us? Who could have come to know Jesus Christ if we would have lived, acted, talked in a different way? Joy comes from the hope. The hope of meeting with our Savior once again. I'm going to finish up with this story that a believer wrote is anonymous. And it says, uh, At first, I saw God as my observer, my judge, keeping track of the things I did wrong, so as to know whether I merited heaven or hell when I die. Ah, there's that again. Gosh. He was out there sort of like a president. I recognized his picture when I saw it, but I really didn't know him. But later on, when I met Christ, it seemed as though life were rather like a bike ride. But it was a tandem bike, and I noticed that Christ was in the back, helping me pedal. I don't know when it was that he suggested that we change places, but life has not been the same since. When I had control, I knew the way. It was rather boring, but predictable. It was usually the shortest distance between two points. But when he took the lead, he knew delightful long cuts up mountains, through rocky places, at breakneck speeds. It was all I could do to hang on. Even though it looked crazy, he said, pedal. I worried and was anxious and asked, where are you taking me? He laughed and didn't answer. And I started to learn to trust I forgot my boring life and entered into the adventure. And when I'd say, I'm scared, he'd lean back and just hold my hand. 
He took me to people with gifts that I needed. Gifts of healing, gifts of acceptance, gifts of joy. They gave me gifts to take on my journey, my Lord's and mine. And we were off again, and he said, you know what? Give the gifts away. They're extra baggage. Too much weight. So I did, to the people we met. And I found that in giving, I also received. And still our burden was light. I did not trust him at first in control of my life. I thought he'd wreck it. But you know what? He knows the secrets of the trail. He knows how to make it bend and take sharp corners. He knows how to make the bike jump to clear high rocks. He knows how to fly to short and scary passages. And I am learning to just shut up and pedal in the strangest places. And I'm beginning to enjoy the view the cool breeze on my face with the lightful, constant companion of Jesus Christ. And when I'm sure I just can't do it anymore, He just smiles, holds my hand, and says, Pedal. There is a joy that God has placed in our hearts if we know Him. And He wants that joy to be made complete. Not tomorrow. We've already sang three verses on how that may not be an option. But today, your joy was made to be complete. Not just happiness, but joy. Joy found in the hope of a Savior. Joy found in the hope of His plan. Joy found in the hope of His constant provision and a place that He is preparing for you. He says, come to me, all you who are weary, heavy laden. I will make your burden light. God wants to lighten your load this morning. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know where you're at in those rocky places on this bike ride. Maybe you're still in the front seat and Jesus is in the back. Maybe you're in the front seat and you just know that you've led this journey to a place where God never intended it to be. Maybe Jesus is in the front seat and you're still trying to take control and change direction. I don't know what's going on in your life this morning. But I do know that something needs to change. God is not through with you yet. And if we're going to allow Him to change us, there's no better time than right now. There may not be a tomorrow. So I'm going to invite you to just close your eyes with me and, and we're going to say a prayer. I don't care what it is or what's going on. I don't, I don't want to make this awkward. But if you don't know Jesus Christ and you're wondering what this joy is we're talking about this morning, you're like, I don't have that. Please, come talk to me. Come talk to Scott. Come talk to one of our elders. Because you don't need to get through another day without knowing Him. So as we pray, if you've got something that you want to give away control over, if you've got 
that joy that you know inside you that is just not made complete and you have to let go so that your joy may be made complete in Him. If you're going through a tough time in your life this morning and you need to be reminded of the hope that is found in Christ, the hope that is found in His future for your life, the hope that is found in His plan for your life, as we pray, if you've got anything like that going on, I'm just going to invite you to stand. Just right where you are. No one's going to be looking at you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. not going to be weird, hand-touchy, anything like that this morning. There's a time and a place for that, and that's cool, but that's not right now. Right now, if you want to stand up and say, God, I want you to make my burdens light. Stand up and give control back to Jesus. Stand up and have your joy be made complete this morning. Stand up and be reminded of the hope that is found only in Jesus Christ. That hope of a future. The hope that can only be found in Him. So dear Heavenly Father, we pray. You know our hearts. You know what's going on inside. You know the the good and the bad. And even the ugly that we don't like to talk about. You know the us that we put out on Facebook and try to display to the world that is eventually pointless. You know the us that we keep hidden down inside. You know the us more intimately than anybody else could possibly know because you made us, you formed us, you created us. You know our lives from beginning to end. And it's time we just stood up and trusted you. God, there is a joy that maybe we have lost. Maybe we've known you for years and we've just never had that joy. Maybe we've known you for weeks and we're still trying to figure out what that joy is. And you've told us, it's me. And I want my joy to be in you and your joy to be made complete. How do we do that, God? We do that by letting go. We do that by opening up our hands. We do that by standing up and and letting the burdens and the shackles of sin and shame fall off of our shoulders. God, it is time we make you Lord of our lives once again. Not because it's Sunday morning, but because this may be the last day we have. And so when we sing, when I come to die, there should be no question of of any joy. There should be no question of, of any hope. There should be no question of any future because it's what you've designed for us. Give us the strength, the courage, the ability, the trustfulness to stand up and say, God, you are my God. And you are faithful, and you are just, and you are true. And you are worthy of praise, and you need to be Lord of my life again. Make this heart your home. Dwell within me. So that your joy, the joy spent in a lifetime knowing you, the joy spent in eternity knowing you, can be made complete right now, right here. God, I believe that you are lightening our load this morning. The burdens are falling off. Our bondage is being set free. Because that's what you do. If we could have changed ourselves, we would have done it already. We need you to change us. 
Change us. Make us whole. Remind us of the joy that can only be found in you. Remind us of the hope of the plan and the future that you have for us. And this morning, as our burdens fall off, may our joy be made complete in you. Jesus, we love you. We trust you. We honor you in the living of our lives and placing those lives in your hands. I invite you to stand.